For crying out loud, bawled Uncle Parker. What's the game? There was a final sighing hiss, a gentle folding and settling of the giant bubble, and the whole thing came down. The basket rocked wildly, and the bagtharps rose as one and prepared to run. Uncle Parker was the only one present who kept his cool. He advanced toward the basket, where the two great brown bears were scrambling out, and now stood upright, brushing down their fur. "'Hail, O oh great brown bears!' he greeted them. "'Oh, isn't he brave?' gasped Mrs. Bagthorpe. Uncle Parker gave a kind of half-bow in salute, and the great brown bears did likewise in a clumsy kind of way. "'I think they might be tame,' whispered Tess. "'You have come with a message?' Uncle Parker asked the question in a loud, ceremonial voice, such as is used at coronations and the opening of Parliament. The two great brown bears nodded portentously. "'You have come, perhaps, to tell us who is the Chosen One?' Again they nodded. Uncle Parker turned. "'Quick, Jack, here!' Jack advanced, doubtfully. "'Can you identify who is Chosen?' asked Uncle Parker. The larger of the two great brown bears lifted a huge furry paw and pointed. The other, after a moment's hesitation, followed suit. They were pointing, unmistakably, to Jack. To say that the Bagthorpes were struck all of a heap would not be to do justice to their state. They were used to excitement in large doses. They were about as hardened as any family in England could be to chaos and catastrophe and even the downright impossible, but this was too much. It seemed as if they might have remained rooted forever when a shout came from behind them. Here! Here! What? Wisely, none of the Bagthorpes removed their eyes from the great brown bears. They recognized the voice well enough. Get them! yelled Mr. Bagthorpe. Grab hold of those bears before they make off! The Bagthorpes ignored this mystifying instruction. Everybody, including the bears, seemed fixed now in a kind of tableau. The only movement was the gentle billowing of the red-and-white balloon. The only sound was the thudding of Mr. Bagthorpe's feet on the turf. He thundered, astonishingly, right past the lot of them, past Uncle Parker and Jack, and came to a halt, nose-to-nose -nose almost, with the great brown bears, who actually backed away from him. "'Oh, father!' breathed Tess ecstatically. "'Henry!' Mrs. Bagthorpe stepped forward with a faint cry. "'You get those damn fool heads off!' Mr. Bagthorpe was yelling. "'You hear me? Get those heads off! Let's see who you are!' Some kind of game was apparently up. The bear seemed to be looking inquiringly at Uncle Parker, who was slowly nodding his head. In unison, four clumsy paws went up, and two great furry heads were lifted clean off. A bald-headed man and one with a beard stood awkwardly, holding their erstwhile heads under their arms. "'Sorry, Russell, old chap!' said the one with the beard. Gas ran out. No wind. One of those things. At this point, Atlanta rushed forward and embraced the bearded man and began babbling excitedly in Danish. Ooh, said Mrs. Fosdyke, I think I'm going to faint. She refrained from doing so, probably only out of curiosity. <clears throat> the account she would give later in the fiddler's arms ought not to have any gaps in it. <clears throat> Mr. Bagthorpe turned now to face Uncle Parker and Jack. He had something in his hand. 
What about this, then? he shouted. What about all this? He flung whatever it was he was holding at Jack. It fell right at his feet. It was a small, red, loose-leafed notebook. It was the plan of campaign. Jack dared not raise his eyes. "'Whose neck under whose heel?' yelled Mr. Bagthorpe. Then, miraculously, one of the two visitors let out a yell. "'Fire! Hey, look! Fire!' The Bagthorpes whirled about. From the direction of the summer-house, thick blue smoke was issuing above the trees. All hell was instantly let loose. Everyone present, even Aunt Celia, started at top speed in the direction of the smoke. Mrs. Fosdyke brought up the rear, saying over and over again, Threes. Things always go in threes. Threes. Things always go in threes. She did not, of course, know that Daisy had lit a good many more fires than three. She was by now well into double figures and getting better all the time. Jack, alone, picked up the little book and set off slowly after them. Daisy, again, had saved the day. But for how long?'